Today is November 1st, 2023. Welcome to the show. We have a lot of economic updates to cover today. According to the latest Stats Canada GDP numbers, Canada is on the verge of a recession. We're going to look at how that story might turn out. The Federal Reserve this morning, it made its rate announcement. We're going to bring you up to speed there. Also this morning, the Institute for Supply Management said that the ISM manufacturing PMI slipped to 46.7 in October, falling well below the consensus of 49. I'll give you the latest numbers there. Plus, I've got details on the latest earnings report for you. The government has given a last-minute extension to people who may be subject to file tax returns for the underused housing taxes. I'll update you on that story. And finally, on today's program, shares of WeWork were down 50% this morning. No doubt for them, bankruptcy is just around the corner. Let's get started with today's news. Stats Canada yesterday, it released its preliminary GDP estimate for September. The results that came out are no doubt going to spur this big debate over whether Canada's economy is in fact slipping into a recession. It looks like GDP, given this estimate, is going to fall by 0.1% annualized in the third quarter, and that follows a 0.2% drop that we saw in the second quarter. The current estimates are going to be revised on November 30th, but if they do hold, it will definitely slide Canada into what some believe is a technical recession at a minimum. That's typically when there are two consecutive quarters of declining GDP, and that's exactly what we're going to see. I do know that there is a ton of debate over whether the economy sliding by 0.1% for two quarters is actually anything we need to worry about. Whether it's official uh, recession or not, that's going to be debated. Bottom line is that these are not strong numbers that we're seeing out there right now. Now, if we look at the bright side of this equation, it will be more evidence to the Bank of Canada that will allow them to decide that maybe we're at the end of that rate hiking cycle. We've seen uh, the rate there now go from 0.25% back in early 2022 to its current level of 5%. And if the goal was to slow down the economy, to slow down economic growth, well, it seems like it's going to be working. Now, despite what economists say is a technical recession, Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem, he disagrees, you might imagine that. At a press conference last week, he said, we are expecting growth below 1% for the next three, four quarters. Is that a recession? No, it's not a recession. It's low positive growth. As was pretty much a done deal, the Federal Reserve this morning announced that it will be leaving interest rates in the U.S. unchanged at that range of 525 to 5.5%. The central bank is attempting, obviously, here to maintain the, the delicate balance that they have right now of fighting inflation on one hand while avoiding sending the U.S. economy into recession by tightening too much. The Fed rate is now at uh, a 22-year high. The central bank also this morning noted that economic activity expanded at a strong pace in the third quarter and that the labor market remains robust, although there are signs um, that inflation continues to stay elevated. Also this morning, the U.S. ISM manufacturing PMI, it slipped to 46.7 in October, and that is down from the 10-month high of 49 that we saw in September, and it is well, well below the expectations of 49. This is now the 12th straight contraction uh, in the U.S. manufacturing sector, and these numbers really highlight the impact that the high borrowing costs that the Fed has created uh, and, it, and the challenges that it's giving to uh, U.S. goods producers. Um, the only two manufacturing industries that reported growth in October were the food, beverage, and tobacco products and also plastics and rubber products. As we are now in the heart of earnings season, I'm going to cover off a few of the earnings reports that came out over the last couple of days. I'm going to start with Amgen, and Amgen reported its Q through adjusted earnings on Tuesday. Earnings per share came in at $4.96. That is up from the $4.70 we saw back in 2022. It also beat expectations of $4.68. Revenue was $6.9 billion, up from $6.665 billion last year, but it did come in below expectations of $6.95 billion. The 
company has also raised its full year guidance and for adjusted EPS, it's looking at $18.20 to $18.80 as the range. It also raised uh, revenue guidance to $28 billion to $28.4 billion. And again, that is up from its previous forecast of $26.6 billion to $27.4 billion. AMD also reported on Tuesday, and they came in with a stronger than expected third quarter results, but they also issued a pretty downbeat revenue guidance report. Earnings per share was 70 cents. That's up from the 67 cents we saw back in 2022. It did beat expectations of 68 cents. Net revenue for the quarter was $5.8 billion, and that is up from the $5.57 billion a year earlier. It also beat expectations that were $5.69 billion. Some of the notable takeaways from the report were the client division's revenue, which was up 42% to $1.45 billion um, year over year, and that is due to the higher rise in mobile processor sales. Um, gaming sales, on the other hand, declined 8%, and they came in at uh, $1.51 billion. Uh, for Q4 guidance, the company said it expects revenue to be around $6.1 billion, a plus or minus $300 million, it said, and that is notably below the analyst's expectations of $6.39 billion. Stellantis also recorded Q3 net revenue on Tuesday. Revenue came in at 45.14 billion euros. That's up 7% from the 42.1 billion euros we saw a year ago. It also beat expectations of 43.75 billion euros. EV sales climbed 37% year over year. The company also reaffirmed its 2023 outlook. And it's interesting that the Eurozone is teetering on the brink of a recession and 40% of Stellantis' sales come from that region, but it does uh, say it's sticking to its guidance there. Um, it said that the work stoppages that we saw due to the uh, recent auto strikes have negatively impacted revenue by about 3 billion euros compared with what it had planned for production through the month of October. Now, Pfizer reported Q3 adjusted loss on Tuesday. The loss was 0.17 cents per share. That's down from adjusted earnings last year of 1.78 cents. Revenue from the quarter was $13.23 billion, and that's down from the $22.64 billion we saw a year earlier. Now, for 2023, the company said that it continues to expect its adjusted earnings estimates of $1.45 a share to $1.46. That's per diluted share. It also maintained its revenue projections of $58 billion to $61 billion for the year, uh, slightly below analyst expectations of $59.82 billion. Caterpillar shares were down 6% roughly yesterday when it reported its third quarter earnings, and they came in with adjusted earnings per share of $5.52, and that's up from $3.95 a year earlier. The expectations there were $4.79 a share. Revenue also was up $16.81 billion, up from $14.99 billion back in 22, and also above the expectations of $16.56 billion. So you wonder, well, all the, the numbers seem to be pretty good, but the, but the share price was down. That uh, seems to be coming from an order backlog, which declined by $1.9 billion on a yearly basis. Also this morning, CVS Health reported its third quarter adjusted earnings. They were $2.21 a share, up from the $2.17 back in 2022. It also beat expectations of $2.13. Revenue was $89.76 billion, and that compares with $81.16 billion a year ago. And analysts in that case had expected $88.17 billion to come in. In this news release, CVS did reiterate its full-year adjusted earnings per share guidance of a range of $8.50 to $8.70, but it did lower its gap earnings outlook to a range of $6.37 to $6.61. That is down from the previous forecast of $6.53 to $6.75. It also reiterated its cash flow from operations guidance of $12.5 billion 
to $13.5 billion for the year. Revenue in the healthcare benefits segment climbed 17% this year to nearly $26.3 billion with gains across all product lines. Last up on the earnings reports today, Kraft Heinz also reported its Q3 adjusted earnings today. Those came in at 72 cents per diluted share and that is up from the 63 cents that was seen a year ago. It also beat analyst expectations of 66 cents a share. Net sales for the quarter were $6.57 billion, which is up from the 6.51 billion seen a year earlier, but it did come in below analyst expectations of 6.7 billion. The company also updated guidance for fiscal 2023. It guides with earnings per share of $2.91 to $2.99, and that compares to its prior guidance range of $2.83 to $2.91. The company says that organic sales growth for the current fiscal year is still projected to be at 4% to 6% range, and also uh, Kraft Heinz has maintained its quarterly dividend of 40 cents per share. If you own shares of any of the companies that just reported earnings, there's no doubt that the 60,000 or so Blossom users will be holding discussions about them on the app right now. Um, if you're not a Blossom user, you can download the app for free. You can set yourself up with an account. You can see what the community was saying. Um, if you want to follow my portfolio, my trades, my username is Mark B. You can look me up there and you can follow me on the app. I reported here on this show on Monday that the deadline for homeowners affected by the underused housing tax was yesterday, October 31st. Given the mass confusion this was causing to Canadian homeowners, the government actually issued a news release yesterday and they are extending the deadline uh, to allow more affected owners to meet their, their filing obligations. The release stated that the government understands that a lot, many homeowners are not aware that they're even subject to the law. The extension is going to ensure that uh, every effort has been made to inform homeowners. Now, clearly that wasn't the case before. Um, even today though, there remains a ton of misunderstanding and confusion out there. Depending on the source, even a couple that jointly owns a rental property might be considered to be in a partnership, which is legally defined as two or more people coming together in the pursuit of profit. I know there are a number of people who have already directly contacted CRA. Many have been assured that they're, if they're a legally married couple or a couple living common law, they wouldn't be required to file a return. Um, I would say whether or not you're actually subject to this filing requirement, it will depend on the specifics of your situation. And it is highly advised that if you do own a rental property with a spouse, or even if you've co-signed for a mortgage with someone, then I would definitely seek out independent tax advice. The new filing deadline is now April 30th, 2024. Shares of WeWork were down around 50% out of the gate this morning following reports that the company was expecting to be filing for bankruptcy as early as next week. The company has been in the news for the past month or so and it has been struggling with heavy debt um, and losses. Um, as of today, it has a market cap of just $121 million. At the time of recording this video, the stock was trading at $1.12. That's down about 98% this year. Coming up for the balance of the week, tomorrow the Bank of England's monetary policy announcement will be made. Also, we'll see earnings from Sonovus Energy from Apple tomorrow, uh, Barrick Gold, Bell Canada reports tomorrow, as well as Canadian National Resources, G Crescent Point, Shopify, Starbucks, they all report tomorrow. And then on Friday, we have the Canadian employment numbers for October coming out and earnings from Alibaba, Brookfield Business Partners, Brookfield Renewable Partners, we have Enbridge, we have Restaurant Brands International, we have Telus International, and TransAlta. So lots more coming up for the balance of this week. Um, if you're not subscribed to this program now, we do this every Monday, every Wednesday. I'd urge you to subscribe so you don't miss any of the latest trending news. I will also put a link for our Investing Academy in the description of this video. As always, thank you for watching this episode. We'll see you next Monday.